Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 66 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Number four, true faith may be discerned by its effects. You may know a lively faith likewise by most certain consequences and effects. I mean not comfort and joy, which are sometimes felt and sometimes not, but by such effects which are most constant and more certain and may be no less felt than joy and comfort if you would search for them. Amongst others, I reckon these. Number one, you may know you have faith by your grieving for and opposing of the contrary. If you feel a fight and conflict between believing and doubting, fear and distrust, and in that combat you take part with believing, hope and confidence, or at least desire heartily that these should prevail, and are grieved at heart when the other gets the better, if you feel this, do not say, you have no feeling, do not say you have no faith. This conflict and desire to have faith gave proof that the man in the gospel who came to Christ to cure his child had faith. I believe, Lord, saith he, Lord, help mine unbelief. Mark nine twenty four. Do not say, as I have heard many, This man could say, I believe, but we cannot say so. I tell you, if you can heartily say, Lord, help my unbelief, I am sure any of you may say, I believe. For whence is this sense of unbelief and desire to believe, but from faith? Number two, you may know you have faith, I speak still to an afflicted soul, which dare not sin willfully. Inasmuch as you will not part with that faith which you have upon any terms, I will ask you, who have given hope to others, that you do believe, and that doubt you have not truth of faith and hope in God, only these questions, and as your heart can answer them, so you may judge. Will you part with that faith and hope which you call none for any price? Would you change present states with those who presume they have a strong faith, whose consciences do not trouble them, but are at quiet, though they live in all manner of wickedness, or at best are merely civilly honest? Nay, would you, if it were possible, forego, all that faith and hope and other graces of the Spirit, which you call none at all, and return to that former state wherein you were in the days of your vanity before you endeavored to leave sin and to seek the mercy of God in Christ Jesus in good earnest? Would you lay any other foundation to build upon than what you have already laid? 
Or is there any other person or thing whereon you desire to rest for salvation and direction besides Christ Jesus? If you can answer no, but can say with Peter, to whom should we go? Christ only has the words of eternal life, John six sixty-eight. You know no other foundation to lay than what you have laid and have willed and desired to lay it right. You resolve never to pull down what you have built, though it be but a little, and it is your grief that you build no faster upon it. By this answer, you may see that your conscience, before you are aware, witnesses for you and will make you confess that you have some true faith and hope in God, or at least hope that you have. For let men say what they will to the contrary. They always think they have those things which by no means they can be brought to part with. Number three, if you would have sensible proof of your faith and justification, look for it in the most certain effect, which is in your sanctification. Do you feel yourselves loaded and burdened with sin and your hearts distressed with sorrow for it? And do you also perceive yourselves to be altered from what you were? Do you not bear goodwill to God's word and ordinances? And do you desire the pure word of God that you may grow in grace by it? 1 Peter 2.2 Do you love and consort with God's people because you think they fear God? 1 John 3.14 Is it your desire to approve yourselves to God in holy obedience? And is it your trouble that you cannot do it? Then certainly you have faith. You have an effectual faith. For what are all these but the very pulse, breath, and motions of faith? James 2, 22, 26. If you feel grace to be in you, it is a better feeling than feeling of comfort. For grace, in men of understanding, is never separated from effectual faith, but comfort many times is, for that may rise from presumption and false faith. Grace, only from the Spirit of God and from true faith. Section 10. Fears Concerning the Truth of Sanctification removed. It is granted by all that if they are truly sanctified, then they know that they have faith and are justified. But many fear they are not sanctified and that for these seeming reasons, number one, fears of not being sanctified for want of deep humiliation. Answered. First, Some fear they are not sanctified because they do not remember that ever they felt those wounds and terrors of conscience which are first wrought in men to make way to conversion, as it was in them who were pricked to the heart at Peter's sermon, Acts 2.37, and in Paul, Acts 9.6, and in the jailer, 
Acts 16.29, or if they felt any terrors, they fear they were but certain flashes and forerunners of hellish torments, like those of Cain, Genesis 4.13, and Judas, Matthew 27.3 and 4. As it is in the natural birth with the mother, so it is in the spiritual birth with the child. There is no birth without some travail and pain, but not all alike. Thus it is in the new birth with all that are come to years of discretion. Some have so much grief, fear, and horror that it is intolerable and leaves so deep an impression that it can never be forgotten. Others have some true sense of grief and fear, but nothing to the former in comparison, which may easily be forgotten. There are causes why some feel more grief and fear in their first conversion than others. One, some have committed more gross and heinous sins than others. Therefore, they have more cause and need to have more terror and humiliation than others. Two, God sets some apart for greater employments than others, such as will require a man of great trust and experience. Wherefore God, to prepare them, exercises such with the greatest trials for their deep humiliation and for their more speedy and full reformation that all necessary graces might be more deeply and firmly rooted in them. Three, some have been religiously brought up from their infancy, whereby as they were kept from gross sins, so their sins were subdued by little and little without any sensible impression of horror, grace and comfort being instilled into them almost insensibly. Four, some by natural constitution and temper of body are more fearful and more sensible of anguish than others, which may cause that although they may be alike wounded in conscience for sin, yet they may not feel it all alike. Five, there may be the like fear and terror wrought in the conscience of sin in one as well as another, yet it may not leave the like lasting sense and impression in the memory of the one as in the other, because God may show himself gracious in discovering a remedy and giving comfort to one sooner than the other. As two men may be in peril of their lives by enemies, the one, as soon as he sees his danger, sees an impregnable castle to step into or an army of friends to rescue him. This man's fear is quickly over and forgotten. The other does not only see great danger, but is surprised by his enemies, is taken and carried captive, and is a long time in cruel bondage and fear of his life, till at length he is redeemed out of their hand. Such a fear as this can never be forgotten. You may evidently know whether you had sufficient grief and fear in your first conversion by these signs. Had you ever such and so much grief for sin that it made you dislike sin and to dislike yourself for it? 
and to be weary and heavy laden with it so as to make you heartily confess your sins unto God and to ask of him mercy and forgiveness? Has it made you to look better to your ways and more careful to please God? Then be sure it was a competent and sufficient grief because it was a godly sorrow to repentance, never to be repented of. 2 Corinthians 7.10 Again, are you now grieved and troubled when you fall into particular sins? Then you may be certain that there was a time when you were sufficiently humbled in your conversion. For this latter grief is but putting that grief into further act, whereof you received an habit in your first conversion. If you can, for the present, find any proof of conversion, it should not trouble you, though you know not when or by whom or how you were converted, any more than thus, that you know God has wrought it by his word and spirit. When any field brings forth a crop of good corn, this proves that it was sufficiently plowed, for God does never sow until the fallow ground of men's hearts is sufficiently broken up. This concludes episode 66 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.